The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Do you have a spiritual gift? What is a spiritual gift? Where do they come from? Who do they benefit? And can spiritual gifts be dangerous? Welcome, thank you for joining us on the Grace Evangelical Society's podcast broadcast ministry called Grace in Focus. We are delighted that you are with us today as we return to our Roman series. And you can find out a lot more about the Grace Evangelical Society by going to our website, faithalone.org. We invite you there. Come have a look at our many articles and resources. And there's a free subscription to our magazine, Grace in Focus. That is at faithalone.org. Now here are Ken and Catherine with today's discussion. Welcome to another episode of Grace and Focus. This is Ken Yates. And this is Catherine Wright. In Romans chapter 12, there is a section that discusses spiritual gifts. And at GES, we get asked about spiritual gifts all the time. Mm. Certainly when Catherine and I travel, uh, teaching for GES, it's safe to say that probably there's no place where we go where this issue doesn't come up. We've met a lot of apostles. Yes, and prophets and, prophets and, uh, and people who cast out demons. Yep. We've even met people who said they could raise the dead. That's right. Uh, all kinds of spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And Paul discusses these things in Romans. Now, each time the New Testament talks about spiritual gifts, it's different. There's a different emphasis And in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, Paul does, and, you know, as we look at the book of Romans, we probably would conclude that his point of the spiritual gifts, his discussion, it's not a long discussion here, obviously, not like in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, Mm. where it's basically three chapters. Paul's point seems to be that if you present your body as a living sacrifice, this is the way you're going to look at spiritual gifts. This mm-hmm. is the way you're going to use them. We might even go back to chapter eight. If you walk by the spirit, after all, it is the spirit who gives us our, our spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. So that seems, I think in the context here, that's, that's what Paul is talking about. Yeah. I was, I was just going to piggyback on that a little bit that Romans 12, one and two are some of the most famous verses in the book. Um, and it's, you know, talking about, presenting your body as a, as a living sacrifice. And the very next thing that he starts talking about is exercising your spiritual gifts within the body of Christ. And so this was actually something that struck me very recently that um, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but when I see people talk about the Christian life, it is often with a very individualistic view. Like I need to present myself you know, is this living sacrifice? Well, that means I need to be in my Bible and I need my quiet time and I need to do this and I need to do that in the sense of a, like, how am I doing in my spiritual walk? And that's not bad, but it's just striking that the very next thing that Paul starts talking about is how we are to function within the body of Christ. And so yes. it just seems like the emphasis is more of, okay, now serve others and and exercise that gift so that you can edify and build up the church. And by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because in verse four, he says, for as we are many members in one body, mm-hmm. 
So you're right. This we are so individualistic. That's exactly yeah. Even exactly. in even in spiritual gifts, right? What is my gift? I got to find out my gift. I gotta, you got to take a test and find out what your what your gift is, right? right? That's very that's just common. the way we Americans think, that's exactly, or yeah. people in the West think, mm-hmm. right? But it's interesting here. He says in the very first verse, "For I say, through the grace given to me." To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Right. So right off the bat, if we are using our spiritual gifts correctly or in a, in a how would we say, a God-honoring way. In a spirit-led way. Right. And, right. and presenting our bodies as a, as a living sacrifice, we're not going to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Obviously, you can see how this is related to spiritual gifts and why there's a warning there right because how easy is it for us to be puffed up in our spiritual gifts or to desire the spiritual gifts or abilities or what others are doing within the body of christ that i'm going to aspire to that i want to be like that Mm -hmm. i want to i want to have a more public ministry i want to have a a more public gift Mm -hmm. which by the way seems to be the problem in first corinthians right the people speaking in tongues you know, they wanted to stand up and show off this gift. Right. And you can imagine that the people who did not have that gift, mm-hmm. in many cases, resented it. And Paul goes on to say there, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a, and, here, and this is a difficult phrase, as God has given each one a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. Seems to be, um, some people would read that and say, well, I can grow in my faith, and if I do, I'll be able to use these better gifts, sure. you know, these gifts that I'm aspiring to. But Zane in his commentary, and even in the footnotes, I think it was John Niemela, he mentions that, no, this is as you have been apportioned, whatever gift you have. And so the the main point here when we're talking about spiritual gifts is that if we are presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, we're going to serve the body, not aspiring to have gifts that other people have. In other words, to be jealous of others, but we're going to be content to use the gifts that we have, the abilities that we have Mm -hmm. in serving the body of Christ. As he says in the next verse, there's many members, your one body, whatever place in the body you are serving be content with that. Going along with that, though, is it possible, too, that somebody could come to this verse? One of the questions that we get asked at GES is, well, is faith a gift? Right? Faith is something that the unbeliever is given so then they can believe and then be saved, right? That's a very Calvinistic way of looking at it. And so also, I think it's important to look at this as the measure of faith here is not about salvation. He's speaking to believers and he's talking about spiritual gifts they already have, that they've been portioned. Um, I could word that better, but you know, you've already received this gift, now use it. Um, and it's within the body of Christ. This is not about saving faith. If you yeah, it has nothing to do with saving faith. And if I remember in, uh, in the commentary or in the footnotes, I can't remember which one it is, but Faith in the New Testament is sometimes used, for example, in Jude, contend for the faith mm-hmm. of, of Christian teaching, the truth, Yeah, what you have been apportioned according to the truth, what you've been given by God, mm-hmm. uh, be content with it. And how important is this when it comes to dealing with spiritual gifts? Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was young, I 
attended a church that was very charismatic. And the idea of speaking in tongues was, you know, people would seek it and then they would seek to stand up and do it, you know, in front of the congregation. Yeah. And our experience overseas as well, we go to these churches where everyone stands up and starts speaking in tongues at the same time. But by that, we mean it's just, I don't even know. It's, it's not, it's not, um, any human language that they're using. It's, and so it's very much an issue of pride. Yes. Spiritual gifts. And even if we're not talking about the gift of tongues, spiritual gifts can be a tremendous source of pride. And in first Corinthians, one of the common words that keep being used with the Corinthians is the Greek word fusiao, which means to be puffed up, mm-hmm. to be puffed up. And and their exercise of spiritual gifts, the way they were doing it, was causing some to be puffed up with pride. And certainly that's Paul's main point as he starts off. Yeah. Humbly, whatever gifts, whatever abilities you've been given, use those in serving the body of Christ. And then he goes on to say in verse six, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Once again, we see this idea that God has given you this. Mm -hmm. The the spirit has given you these gifts. Don't aspire to be what you are not. I got a question with that though. Mm -hmm. Let's say I, um, I don't have the spiritual gift of giving. Let's say that. Does that exempt me from giving then? That's not my gift, so I don't have to do it? Well, it's interesting. In this passage of Scripture uh, here in Romans, Paul seems to talk about specific gifts, but then he seems to be talking about service that all believers are engaged in in general. Mm -hmm. And one of them is giving. He talks about giving here. Now, it does seem that in other places, the New Testament teaches giving as a spiritual gift, mm-hmm. but certainly all believers are to give second Corinthians with, eight, nine. Right. And here in ministering, he's about to talk about ministering. Mm-hmm. We can all minister in various ways, right? We all should evangelize. Sure. Even if I, and I've sadly, I've heard believers say, well, that's just not my spiritual gift. And so I shouldn't, I, I don't do that or teach, but we're all called to teach to a Well, certain that's the extent. other thing he talks about teaching. Yeah. Here. So and, you've said it before, the, the phrase, a master of, a <laughs> jack of all trades, but a master of one, one, which is technically the right saying, right? I think it's been twisted now and it's usually said a, and a master of none, but the original expression was a master of one. So as within the body of Christ, yes, we're all called to give, we're all called to evangelize, we're all called to be joyful, you know, and we're all whatever. called to minister. Yeah. We're all right. called to minister, but there's going to be one that you have been gifted in, especially that you should be exercising. Well, here in Romans, he talks about a one gift that not everyone did have. And we would argue no one has today. Mm-hmm. He says, let us use our gifts. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. There aren't any prophets today. This is something Catherine and I run to, particularly in foreign countries. But in the in the first century, there were while the New Testament was being taught. Mm-hmm. And when Paul says, 
if you have the gift of prophecy, prophesy in, in accordance to the faith. Here is, or in proportion to the faith, or again, according to the faith, I would argue once again that the faith here is Christian truth. Mm-hmm. The truth as it has been revealed, because if someone has the gift of prophecy in the first century, if they're very proud or arrogant, they m- may want to get up and go, oh, let me tell you what God has told me Add and, to and go beyond that. Yeah. And Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, judging the prophets. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that's probably part of what he has in mind. If someone gets up and, and says something in the first century and says, this is from God, is it in accordance with, does it contradict the truth? Right. And then it would be rejected. And so once again, we could see where even a person with the gift of prophecy would have pride. Well, the rest of the gifts, he either talks about general gifts, but the main point I think is humbly serve the body of Christ with the gift that you've been given. Mm -hmm. And that's Paul's point. That's what it means to present your body as a living sacrifice. That's what it means to walk in the spirit that he talks about in Romans chapter eight. Well, as you talk about uh, spiritual gifts with others, I hope this discussion was helpful. And remember, keep Keep grace grace in focus. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, we continue in Romans. We hope you'll join us. And until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.